1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a huge weekend in Scottish football. Celtic are six points clear at the top after coming from behind to beat Rangers at Ibrox. The top six race is as tight as ever with a big win for Motherwell while St Johnson keep their good form going at the bottom and Scottish clubs will vote on VAR in two weeks' time ahead of a possible introduction mid-season after the World Cup. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Hugh Evans. It would be impossible Possible to keep a lid on the expectation levels of the Celtic fans after yesterday's win over Rangers, so I won't even try. But Ange Postacoglu can't afford to think like a fan. Three points closer is his title philosophy. It was a day that was about the magnificent and the moronic. Celtic were magnificent, the moronic shamed Rangers with the bottle throwing that came to the endangerment of players and officials. Definitely not the last we've heard of that one. We just knew, Andy, that with so few games to go after the international break, everything that happened was going to be big, was going to be important, and this weekend certainly lived up to that. Yeah, definitely. All through the league, there was a lot to play for. Uh, obviously, the big one coming yesterday in the Old Firm game. And you've got to say, after that result, Celtic certainly have more than one hand on the trophy. Uh, looking down the table Still plenty uh, to play for And it's, it's all looking for Big fixtures coming up for the weekend 01419511025 That is the number you need I don't think you need Second invitation On a night like this There was a certain fixture At Ibrooks yesterday That had quite a lot of talking points Quite a lot of Ramifications As far as the title race goes And as Hugh says Other incidents Out with the football pitch Well what made their way onto the football pitch As well So whatever is on your mind Pick up the phone right now 01419511025 1025 Celtic fans Rangers fans What did you make of the game? Is that the title race over? And anything else That you've got for us Now's the time to share it What about your goal Your result of the weekend First Hugh Our goal Rangers 1 Celtic 2 Rangers had gone 35 consecutive matches Undefeated at Ibrooks. It came to an end yesterday The biggest league result Of the season so far Andy, result of the weekend Right, you can't, you cannot possibly go Hearts this week No, no, Good. and I've gave you a bit of stick in the recent yes. weeks, Gordon So I'm going to give it to you on Motherwell uh, First one of the calendar year, so yep. it's certainly been coming But, uh, you know, they've took the, the opportunity that a lot of the, the clubs fighting for the top six Never took it the weekend by a multiple of draws So, yeah, big one for Motherwell Yes, I'll take it where we can uh, Goal of the weekend, Hugh? I'll keep you at Motherwell Oh, lovely Connor Shields uh, The goal, Motherwell scored twice in a minute uh, after St Mirren had taken the lead And Connor Shears' goal to put them 2-1 up Lovely little dink over the goalkeeper You're the man Connor I see your Connor Shields and I raise you Calvin Ramsey oh. He always felt when the young man was going to score his first goal It wasn't going to be a tap-in uh, Nearly scored a world day a couple of minutes before But yeah, lovely strike cutting And he's unfavoured left foot and right foot yeah, at the okay, corner so No well complaints, deserved. this is where it gets interesting The howler of the weekend, anyone? Got to go a referee, I'm afraid I know which one it's Kevin, got to be. Mm. Kevin Come on, Kevin. How did you manage to miss that one? Dan Cleary, St Johnston. It's a stonewall penalty, as David Martindale said. Even the Seagulls could see it was a penalty. Uh, but they didn't get it. And these things are vitally important because that result, the defeat of Livingston and the penalty that Livingston should have had could combine to cost Livingston a fair bit of money. And there was... 
an accusation that Livy should have been down to 10 men for a tackle as well. So maybe not a vintage afternoon for not Mr. For Kevin, Clancy. No, no. Uh, go on then, your howler of the weekend. Well, you know my I rule. I thought you would have. You know my rule. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I try to stay away from the referee howlers, but I nearly broke the rule for that one. Uh, I'm going to go with the same game, Aberdeen Dundee. I'm going to go with Bejuin. I mean, lay on the oh, floor yes. for a solid 45 seconds as if there was serious <laughs> injury. Started to worry myself for him. And then as soon as Ross McCrory puts it in the back of the net, I mean, just, he was the quickest get, on the pitch to celebrate. You, you so. get an adrenaline shot. Yeah, I like that one as well. Right, okay, 01419511025 on the phones or at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Clearly in this part of the world, all about the game at Ibrox yesterday. Is that the title race over, Hugh? Uh, yes. It was the absolute vindication of Ange Postacoglu's philosophy on football. Uh, it would take an almighty Historic collapse On Celtic's part They're six points clear Goal difference makes it seven points clear They'll get Rangers to come at Celtic Park uh, Ange Postacoglu will go no further than say Three points closer But Really I think it's Celtic's title Andy I'll go one hand, four fingers and a, <laughs> and a fingernail uh, Yeah I mean Celtic need to drop points in three If not potentially four games with a goal difference and after 11 wins and 12 league matches, you just don't see that happening. So I think that was there was so much riding on that game at the weekend. It was a must win for Rangers. Certainly couldn't lose it. But, uh, you know, Celtic came out winners. So for me, yeah, they've got one hand on it. Let's find out what you think, though. 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Brian is a Celtic fan, first up from Kirk and Tillock. What's on your mind after yesterday, Brian? Uh, ecstatic, boys. Over the moon. I mean, can a man never outstanding? Absolutely amazing, so they were warriors, that's what they were. And it's not just not just yesterday. They've been like that the past how many games is it? Twenty seven? I think it is, isn't it? Thirty two uh, domestic 32. games undefeated. Right. Um but oh amazing. I mean yesterday was just what can I say? I'm speechless, honest to God. It was brilliant, so it was. Do you think that's the league over, Brian? Well, I'm not going to go as far as saying that it's over, but it's, it's ours to lose now, put it that way. It's ours to lose. Yeah. There's a lot, there's going to be so much to get through here, yeah. right? We're going to get, you know, how, how did both teams get here and recruitment and managers and board members, all the rest of it, all feeds into an outcome like yesterday. Just on the, the football match itself, let's start there. The Celtic, 39% possession, uh, but won the match. And defended resolutely uh, I've been as critical of Carol Starfield as anyone on the programme I thought he was terrific second half He and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers Carter-Vickers got man of the match and deservedly so uh, I thought Rangers simply ran out of ideas towards the end of the game uh, And Celtic deservedly won the match uh, It was such a Big ask after they'd gone a goal down after only three minutes, but it's what Ange Postecoglou is all about: hold your nerve, keep going, uh, and that's why I think that yesterday was a big day for Ange Postecoglou. I take Brian's point on board that there were many outstanding performances. Callum McGregor, Jakumakis took a lot of flack, uh, but he he also took a lot of punishment yesterday. Absorbed it, kept going. Uh, but for me, it was about Ange Postacoglu and to assume what he assumed at the start of the season, 
the shambles of the previous season To lose three of his first six games in the league uh, It was looking ominous But yesterday showed what self-belief can do How do you sum up the game Andy? Uh, from a Celtic point of view um, I don't think individually they were excellent but I thought as a unit they were and I think there's been a lot said about Ange Postacoglu's side how good they are free-flowing attacking type of football they play but they're actually a very very well-drilled uh, well unit and you could see that in the second half thought they defended their box excellent um, Rangers had them penned in for, for the majority of the half but couldn't really create I thought Celtic were really compact and made it difficult for Rangers uh, Rangers sort of resulted to the same old movie where it was sort of pass it out wide, cross it in the box regain possession and, and go again but the, the two players that, that Hugh mentioned there Carter Vickers and, and Carol Starfelt defended their box extremely well and uh, you know for Rangers point of view I, th- I just think the game plan went out the window after 7 minutes I, f- I felt like sort of panic buttons uh, sort of set in and I don't see how that can be the case I mean an equaliser after uh, 7 minutes can't I don't think it can spook you that much and I felt as if it done that Celtic started to to regain control of the match and for there there was I mean it was, the game was filled with tempo and, and intensity but Sort of lacked that bit of quality mm. But I don't think that mattered for Celtic Result was the only thing that was important And, and they got the three points Brian, sum up your feelings towards the manager at the moment uh, Listen, I would go as far as saying he's, Brendan Rodgers was, was amazing for us, right? But what this man has done in a short period of time Is nothing short of spectacular I mean, if you can remember we call back I phoned back earlier I was a guy who says Kyogo was the, was the best signing in, in world football. You can remember, right? Um, but the guys he's brought in, transfer window and all that as well. The January transfer window was key there because every, if you can remember, right, everybody was saying, oh, Kyogo's injured and which Celtic gone today and they've not got a striker and Yakimakis. That guy, Yakimakis, is outstanding. What he's done for Celtic. The past few games has been amazing. So as the goals he scored, spectacular. I mean, and where Rangers went wrong yesterday, you look at the start of that game, the Celtic fans were a bit, oh, here we go, because we thought that that was going to be like, 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 like Parkhead a couple of weeks ago. They kept the ball on the ground, they were passing it on the ground. That's how they got their goal. Ramsey could have got a second one. Even Celtic scored the, the first goal, the equaliser yesterday. They, they collapsed a wee bit And as Andy was saying there All they done It was like the same show kept Putting the ball into the box Putting the ball into the box It was just playing into your hands No, I mean Rangers could have been playing to six A cold last night And still wouldn't have got that second goal Alright Brian Thank you very much That was Brian and Kirk and Tillock Delighted with his team Obviously Celtic fan falling on from yesterday Let's get the other side Of the verdict Mark is a Rangers fan How would you sum up your feelings as a Rangers fan tonight, Mark? Um, extremely disappointed. If we take one game yesterday, then then shocking. But I, I'm I'm actually on about the bigger picture. Sure. To be honest, um, the bigger. First of all, I've not played Celtic in 20 years for this show, and I, I I don't plan on doing it now. However, Ange Postecoglou has done a magnificent job, and he's a thoroughly decent guy. So that's a praise over. <laughs> That, that um, sounded like praise to me, Mark. You've done well. That's all right. On a personal level, yes. The the problem I've got is it's been 11 years now. 12 years, Rangers have won one top trophy. Now, Celtic, I believe, will make five trebles in six years. That's gross misconduct from Rangers. Absolutely shocking. 
Yes, Celtic have been magnificent sometimes. They've won it, luckily, sometimes. But the point is, there's no planning at Ibrox, so there's a number of issues here. Number one, there's no forward planning here. They've had opportunities, and there doesn't seem to be a plan. I think the boardroom, there needs to now be a clear out in terms of they need to bring in some kind of young, fresh-thinking face in the boardroom because they've got to build a new team here. That's the first thing. The 55th title was won last year. It was a magnificent day, but it was one trophy. and It was a key trophy, absolutely vital. But that team's gone clearly now. So there needs to be a, a change in the boardroom. I think it's pretty obvious about that Gio isn't going to motivate the support or the players long term. In Europe, I, I, he's, he's had, OK, we've had some great results under Gio. I think he's played four or five European games. We've been brilliant. You cannot take that away from the guy. We might get to the semis, we might get to the final. And that's a great achievement. But I think it's clear that he has not got the the character or the enthusiasm or the or the, the now the backing of the support that's going is what Rangers need going forward and the director of football role and this is the biggest issue the signings have been shocking for night for two three transfer windows Rangers have gone from Ramsey to Lundstrom to the two boys from Bournemouth to Sands to there's a there's Bakuna that left in three months they wouldn't pay 100,000 extra for Suter the signings have been shocking and Celtic signed six players in January and five out of the six there's only one Japanese boy Five out of the six have made a huge contribution. So it tells me director of football is not good enough. I don't think the manager's good enough long term. And we need a change at boardroom. So I think now, really, that five, five trebles in six years. If that's not gross misconduct from Rangers, what is? Yeah, well, there's a bit of work to be done yet before Celtic make it that. But I take the point. And, and hats off to Mark, by the way. He's just put together a call that probably we could... Debate all of those points From yep. now until 8 yeah, o'clock He's, covered, he's covered a lot of good ground 8 o'clock so, tomorrow uh, So let, let's try and, there was and, a and, point. and Pick through Go for go. Let's go manager first Because that's You know that's clearly when, The first guy in the firing line When these things happen When Rangers won the title Last season And uh, were 25 points Clear of Celtic Steven Gerrard Then I think Felt that he wasn't Being properly backed By the club And I think that's why He took the first opportunity to go back to England and join Aston Villa. Uh, I think that Giovanni van Bronckhurst uh, took over at a time when he had a six-point lead over Celtic. It's now a six-point deficit. Therefore, the 12-point swing has, as Mark has suggested, put the supporters against him. We had calls yesterday on the programme saying it was time for Giovanni van Bronckhurst to go. This man, though, at the same time, is five games away from potentially winning Rangers' first European trophy for half a century. So we have to bear that in mind. But from six-point lead to six-point deficit is clearly not good enough and has contributed towards the situation where Andy can say Celtic have won hand on the league championship trophy. The signings, January transfer window, if you bring Aaron Ramsey from Juventus and don't win the league, it's been a waste of time and a waste of money. If you bring Diallo in from Manchester United to a fanfare of trumpets and then he very, very rarely plays, he's been a waste of time and a waste of money as well. So all of these things have to be looked at and I think Mark has ticked off all the boxes. The Rangers fans are now looking at manager, players and boardroom and director of football and looking for answers. Tea lady, kit man... 
Every bus driver at a, at a Scattergun time, comes out after yes, a, a, a result time, yesterday At a time like this They mobilise um, And the manager first then What is the appropriate amount of criticism For Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Because he's going to get some I mean let's be honest I don't know if that goes as far as This guy must leave What's the what's the appropriate well, I'm level sort of for in him? between the both of them because of course they deserve criticism. Uh, there's been a 12 point swing since he took charge, uh, but one of the biggest stats for me is since he's took charge, Rangers have a plus seven goal difference. I mean that's that's really really poor in mm. the uh, in the months he's been charged. Yes, he's he's been part of a couple of big European wins. You got to look at the Dortmund result and, and give him credit where credit's due, but. Ultimately, the jury's certainly still out. Uh, I, I I don't think for one minute he should be deserved to. To uh, you know, be brandish, he should be leaving the club. He, he, he's obviously got a transfer window coming up, which we spoke about with Ange Postecoglou. That you know he's going to need a uh, a transfer window to bring in his own players and implement his his own style. But I think Ange Postecoglou, what he inherited in the Lennon side was totally different to what Giovanni Van Bronckhorst inherited in, in, in Steven Gerrard's side. So yeah, I think it's the jury's certainly still out. Like I said, we could go. Mark's raised so many good points. Is there a a prolonged failure for for Rangers to? Properly enhance the starting living with signings You know, a few windows in succession Well, everyone spoke about how January was going to be a massive one for Celtic And there was no doubt And uh, you look at that January I think uh, the points total at that point Celtic were four points behind them, right? Uh, in that period, you look at, you know, Rio Hattati coming in Making a major impact on the side Adeguchi maybe not so much after, you know, the injury at, uh, at Aloha O'Reilly made a massive impact on the side Daisa Maeda made a massive impact Rangers January, not only on the pitch was the three draws, by the way and, and led to Celtic taking the league in the table but on the pitch you know Sands coming in made little to no impact a loan signing from America Diallo not seen him since 60 minutes at Ross County since the start, uh, his first game Ramsey's made three starts three starts certainly is not enough for an impact you're looking for a big money signing like that and then a young right back who you can see as a project in the upcoming months so you look at the recruitment levels like Mark was, was talking about Rangers have been severely lacking Mark, some excellent points and I suspect we've not heard the end of them but we better move on thanks again we will take more of your calls and we'll start hearing from your managers next You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Andy Halliday are here Just scratched the surface of yesterday's talking points So keep the calls coming 0141 951 1025 Let's start hearing from some of the managers Giovanni Van Bronckhorst says he's hugely disappointed with the result He believes they gifted Celtic two goals First start is um, a disappointment of course I mean it's um, a game we had to win And uh, in the end if you don't win it Then it's a big disappointment for all of us Not to um, to win this game I mean the start couldn't have been any better I think we started on the front foot, played really well um, Scored an early goal, what you want But um, yeah it's like gifts we gave today, the two goals, and uh, it cannot happen in, in any match, uh, not only in Old Firm, but in any match to, to give the first goal away like that. Um, you know, it's, for me, it's unthinkable, but uh, it happened. Uh, the second goal as well, I think we didn't defend as strongly as we, as we can, and uh, that's why we conceded, I mean, two uh, easy goals against us But um, Yeah Then you make it more difficult Craig's a Rangers fan In West Lothian Just listening to the manager there Craig How do you feel about Him and the team And everything that's That's gone on in the last 24 hours or so Well It might sound a bit dramatic But I think Rangers need Pretty much a full clear out Like that's On the evidence Of the last four years Rangers have collapsed After Christmas Three out of four years 
There's only one year that they actually went on and done well, and that's, in my opinion, that's because Celtic were so bad and so far behind that they knew they weren't going to get caught. But it seems like as soon as any pressure is put on this team whatsoever, they absolutely crumble. Andy said himself, after conceding a goal, especially an equaliser, after seven minutes, a team shouldn't collapse after that. A team should be able to play on. A team should be able to then go for the game. You know what I mean? Like, it's seven, it's seven minutes in. But straight away, as soon as that goal went in, I looked at my missus and I says, game's done. Because it happens every single time. As soon as Rangers go a goal down or a team equalise, it's like they could be playing all day long and no score a goal. Composure goes completely. Uh, I think players like, for example, Goldson, I don't think he had too bad a game. But I've thought for ages that the defensive Rangers, there's far too many stupid mistakes in there. That's one of the reasons why we're, we've ended up where we are after being six points ahead. There's far too many stupid schoolboy errors from players that are getting paid far too much money to be making those errors. Like a few weeks ago, or maybe longer than that, there was one goal where Tav missed it, Goldson missed it, and Bassey missed it all in one go, right through to McGregor to score. Like, that's not a Rangers team, in my opinion. Rangers teams may be mentally strong. Celtic went a goal down, and what did they do? Straight away, you seen they were up for it, you seen they wanted to go for it. Instead, Rangers just completely collapse, and I think it's a bit tight. It's been three to four years now. I think it's time that we get ready. Most of those players who don't have the mental the mental strength to be a team like Rangers and to replace them with players that actually have a bit of heart and fight. I would much rather have average players that are willing to put themselves on the line and that are mentally strong than players who have talent but can hardly do it and wait when they're under pressure. It's interesting, Hugh, to sort of paraphrase what Craig's saying. It seems there's a feeling now that as good as last year was for the Rangers fans, they're now starting to feel like it was... It was a one-off It was the exception to the rule And actually this year's just gone back To that same core of players Not being able to To get over the line And win things Well again Last season at Ibrox And they do understand That the fans were not present But at Ibrox Rangers were flawless This season at Ibrox Goal up against Hearts A draw Two goals up against Motherwell A draw A goal up against Celtic A defeat So You know It hasn't been good enough uh, Craig's calling for a clear out I think there'll be a clear out anyway If Rangers don't win the league Because people will go uh, Morelos might actually go this summer uh, And others are Like Goldson Are shaping up to go uh, And Rangers will not get The, the Champions League money That uh, had been spoken about at great length Celtic will get that money uh, And things will have to happen Of a Player trading nature at Ibrox. What bit of that interests you, Andy? Uh, again, Craig covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I, I thought Craig made a lot of good points. Uh, I don't. I, I disagree about the collapse. I think Rangers have been this way all season. I think they dropped points for the get go since Jet Weaving and Gerrard was uh, in charge. They were dropping points, mm. dropped drop multiple points throughout the season. The only difference was Celtic were dropping more, and the difference has since January Celtic have, have put on a run where they've not lost, whereas Rangers are still dropping points like they did at the start of the season. So I do see it as a bit different from then. Uh, in terms of recruitment I don't think there's any doubt You'll probably see two or three leave uh, Leave the football club Whether it's the players that Rangers want to leave We'll soon see Depending on you know the sums of money That they're, uh, they're going to be offered for these players But I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever That Rangers need players For me A major area that's been talked about For maybe the last four or five transfer windows I, I don't think Rangers have actually signed An out and out right midfielder For hmm. 
almost three seasons now. So was it meant to be Diallo this time? I mean, yeah. well, you would have to assume yeah, so. Yeah, but listen, if you're going to do it, you need to get it right. And, and, and they've not got that position right since arguably Daniel Kandias. Was that the last out and out right midfielder Rangers have had, which was, I think that was five windows ago. So I think that's an area of the pitch again, like you keep saying that. They need to strengthen, but listen, there's other areas of the other areas of the pitch as well. What do you make of Craig's more general point though about you know the last four seasons or whatever it is? Because no, nothing can take last season away for the Rangers fans. Mm-hmm. They absolutely loved it. It was a significant moment to get their title and of course deny Celtic going for ten and all the rest of it. But Craig and other Rangers fans who are getting in touch are feeling like that that's now looking like a one-off rather than a team that was able to. Build from that position of strength Yeah well You're talking about Build from strength I think Rangers build up To the point where obviously They, they managed to stop 10 in a row Done it in, in, in fantastic fashion But you know, when you're on top You need to improve to, to strive to get better Because let's face it They never beat a Celtic A great Celtic side last year So Celtic were always Going to improve So Rangers have stayed here Arguably dipped a little bit And Celtic have spent 20 million Got their signings right And improved drastically So Again, you look back at the the, the recruitment. That I mean, the signings Rangers have made even from the start of the season, never mind January. You'd argue maybe even Lundstrom's made an impact, and even then, he's only just got in the team about two months ago. Is there anything in what Craig says about you know in game? Hugh rhymed off some of them. You'll know fine well. Rangers had the lead against Hearts and lost it. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen, Motherwell, Celtic yesterday. Anything in that? I, I mean. You, Craig, Craig touched on it You can look at so many of them Where it's just down to individual errors I think you can refer to both goals yesterday I think Three, four Rangers players You can argue have made mistakes Leading up to both goals uh, And uh, and as a unit Last year that I, I don't think that's something You could label it Rangers I thought Last year as a defensive unit That was superb uh, Multiple players um, In the back four Getting in team of the year And and, uh, and getting praise all over the place But this year it's just it's been a, a completely mm. different side Craig, the previous caller was very critical of the manager It seems like you're a bit more focused on the players Is that accurate? It is accurate because I don't I don't lay all the blame at Giovanni I think I think the main issue at Rangers Is the fact that I think Gerard, when he's came in Has tried to build a European style team I think that's the issue Whereas Andrews came in He's looked at the league well, obviously he was known for being an attacking manager anyway, so it kind of fits in. But what Celtic do in a game is they push everybody forward. They push their defence forward, so they pen teams in. And they have so many men forward that even when teams sit back with 10 men, you find how many goals have Celtic scored this season where even they've had a shot and goal and the, the ball's bounced off someone and went in. Or they've been there for the tap-in. It's because they just flood the box. So he's picked, obviously, that was his style before, but his style's perfect for this league for playing against teams like that. Whereas our style is more possession-based, pointless passing along the back. I absolutely hate that. I understand recycling the ball. But when you're standing there between two centre-halves playing about 10 passes between you, that's too far. To me, a team like Rangers and Celtic should be playing with two forwards. Don't understand why you play with one forward when... Teams have got 10 men behind the ball And half the time their striker isn't even up at the halfway line So I don't understand why we have two centre defending midfielders Not two strikers uh, I think Rangers and Celtic in a league like Scotland With a difference in money Rangers and Celtic should be going for teams' throat From minute one to minute 90 There shouldn't be teams that can really cause Rangers and Celtic trouble If you do what Celtic do Celtic rarely get caught out We all thought that Celtic's defence would be terrible Because of how much they commit forward I've said for long enough in Scottish football Rangers and Celtic do that teams are far too terrified and they commit too many men back and then when they go to counter there's nothing to counter with 
Okay Craig we'll leave it there Thank you very much That was Craig in West Lothian Very frustrated I think you would say Keep your thoughts coming Rangers fans Celtic fans What about this Your man of the moment Ange Postacoglu He liked the character And the resilience of his players He was happy with both ends Of the pitch yesterday Really proud of, uh, of the players um, It was a proper derby um, You know both teams were at it We They obviously got off to a great start And you know, the crowd was up for it So you know to, to come back from that and show the resilience we did and, and the football we played to get us you know, back into the game and then get ahead and then the character in the second half to, to defend as we did, I thought, um, yeah, like I said, I'm really proud. We knew that they'd come at us and, yeah, I mean, they, they scored a good goal early on and, you know, then you're looking for the reaction, you know. What, what do you do about it? Still plenty of time, we knew that. But like I said, this this group of players um, just really believes in, in what we're trying to create here and uh, when we needed to, we, we found the football to, to get us back in the game. Um, second half, we had to defend, um, but I thought we defended really well. You know, they threw a lot of balls in the box, but we showed real courage, put our bodies on the line. Joe made a couple of good saves and then we had some good chances to, to kind of seal at the other end. So, as I said, it's not the start you want, but if you want to reveal character, you reveal it in, in the most difficult of circumstances, and that was that today, and I think you saw the character of this group. Stephen is a Celtic fan. How does it feel to be one this evening, Stephen? Gordon, it's always great, but today it's just been a beautiful Monday. Really, really top-class feeling today. I know I was speaking to these last week, guys, and I kind of said it was going to be a free shot. I felt that all week, because I feel as though... Rangers have got to come to us. I think when the split happens, I think we've... Is it four home, two away? And it could be reversed the other side. The other side of the city. So I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm overjoyed. For Celtic, for Ange, for the squad, for the team. I just thought we were two a man yesterday. Absolutely outstanding. The battle. I know we talk about the Celtic style, Celtic's uh, panache. I just thought the battle, the big the defensive build. A big, big shout out to... Hamilton, full of honour boys and the Ballymena lads who were in behind enemy lines yesterday. I probably have a wee question to ask you that, lads. I don't think we'll see Rangers fans at Parkhead in a few weeks' time. I don't know, you know, what's going to happen. SFA look into the glass and the pitch and stuff. Just terrible because, you know, I've seen Rangers were pushing the old firm, the old firm yesterday, trying to drive it and rebrand it again, get that name back. But, I mean, guys, this, this is a spectacle that... Everybody talks about over the world. I battle here over in Ireland with Liverpool, Man United fans talking down our game and I just, I don't watch English football. I tell them straight. Now and again, I won't lie, it could be on, I could be in a pub, my son could put it on and I might sit for five minutes. But I'll never watch a full game because it's all about Celtic and my team and my game but I just think yesterday let us down a bag full and I can't see Rangers fans being allowed. The parkhead in a few weeks' time. Tell you whether that is the outcome or not. I, I have to be honest. I think at this stage, I've got absolutely no idea whether that no. would be um, an end result. I think you clearly would share Stephen's sentiments on on what did go on yesterday. Yeah. Um, as I said to you, Gordon, when I was a kid, going to these games, bottle throwing was commonplace. But I'm talking about sixty years ago. I never, in my wildest imaginings, thought that in 2022 we'd be discussing bottle throwing. At a Rangers Celtic game And it was to the endangerment of players And Joe Hart was quite right To refuse to let the second half to begin Until something had been done about the, the glass That was all over the penalty area Players could have come by a hor- horrific injury uh, If that had been allowed to go unnoticed uh, The fact that a Celtic official Was struck by a bottle a matter of public record and needed uh, stitches to his 
headwind uh, that's disgraceful uh, I, I never thought I'd be discussing these matters again I remember working at the 1980 Cup final where there was an honest-to-goodness riot, where bottles were thrown, where a photographer had a skull fractured and there were fears for his life at one point. And here we are, 42 years later, and it's re-emerged. It's astonishing. Celtic will assess what has taken place. The SPFL and the SFA must assess what has taken place must understand that the seriousness of the whole business and the police by the way because yeah. I know I know there's a temptation to always look at this from a, a purely footballing perspective and and what is football going to do about it but y- yeah. you you going to get yourself yeah. bothered with the authorities if you throw a glass bottle you'd have to imagine yeah. these are criminal acts and therefore they come under police Scotland's jurisdiction so all of that will have to be assessed and then Celtic can decide whether they are going to allow mm. away fans into the ground. But Celtic overcame that and Rangers as a football team as well. And I think they deserve tremendous credit for that. Yeah, just to bring you up to speed on what's sort of happened today in terms of developments on that, Rangers say they will ban any supporters found guilty of throwing glass bottles. They've also confirmed they're assisting Police Scotland over the two separate incidents. Um, as Hugh mentions Ange Postacoglu revealed One of the backroom staff Did require stitches After being struck By a glass bottle And everyone who watched the game Saw uh, the penalty area And Joe Hart Trying to get it cleared Before the start of the second half Andy the thing that always Just spirals with these things Is almost the over analysis of it cause, And I get where Stephen's coming from You know about the The PR side of it And the image And how this looks But before you even get to Any of that It's just Extremely stupid and unsafe yeah. No matter what it looks like To anyone else Yeah and safety to the players I mean the players are on the pitch Trying to do their job They shouldn't have to worry About being struck by a I mean a glass bottle of everything If that, if that makes contact With any player Or if Joe Hart You know doesn't See any pieces of glass Before he, uh, the second half starts And dives on it Can cause serious injury So you know, Rangers certainly have to Assist Police Scotland and, and it should be investigated thoroughly And listen the punishment Shouldn't be shouldn't be light Yeah I mean Hugh Like I said The, the over analysis at times because you're in danger of almost putting any sort of sense into it when it's a completely senseless act. You know, uh-huh. I've seen people point out. I mean, for goodness' sake, Rangers players had to go into that penalty box as well. You know, as if it's somehow okay if it, if you're yeah. only targeting the opposition fans. Now, I get why people say it because it maybe underlines the the sheer stupidity of it. Like, I don't know what you're trying to achieve yeah. um, by doing that, but it was pretty grim, wasn't it? And then Stephen says. Once you've got over the safety side of it, the way that looks in a game that's supposed to be a showpiece. We had a game yesterday that might not have reached the heights in terms of quality, but was relentlessly exciting. It was the number one team against the number two team in our country being shown globally on television. And I cringed with embarrassment when the start of the second half was delayed because we had to get bits of glass out of the penalty area. This is stuff from a Primitive era Uh, And you know The the SFA and the SPFL Have got to make sure That this doesn't become A trend Uh, Because we'll go back To the days when people Were frisked Outside the ground Before they get in And they will Now start shouting about Their civil liberties And their human rights Which which Obviously is another debate Because I assume Two people threw bottles I I don't know That, That would be the obvious conclusion Does every 
well-mannered football fan in Scotland then suffer as a result of that, it is, it is obviously going to be a very difficult balance to find. The one that stuns me is that a uh, Celtic official was on his way to the dressing room and was struck by a bottle. It's grim, isn't it? That is grim. Now, that bottle, for all we know, and we are speaking hypothetically, but that bottle, stray bottle, could have hit Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, Ange Postacoglu, uh, you know, a, a, a Rangers player, a Celtic player. A ball boy. Yeah. I mean, these are acts of wanton violence. And we cannot dismiss the matter as, oh, that's what happens in the day when Rangers play Celtic. It has to be addressed and addressed in the most serious fashion possible now. Thank you, Stephen. Good time to get your call in. 01419511025. We'll speak to you next. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Andy Halliday is here. Hugh Keevans is alongside him. And they've been joined on the phone by David and Cumbernauld. As a Rangers fan, David, is it over? Is it all but over? Is it nowhere near over? What's your verdict after yesterday? Uh, barren a minor miracle The league is over guys We just have to Hold up your hands At this point And be honest With ourselves The league is over How does that Make you feel to admit that After all the success In the league last season David And and the way that this Has come about It's I don't know if You can probably tell my, my voice It hurts Of course it hurts You're one of the Big two in Glasgow You expect to win the league Especially where we started from last season where We felt that we started off on the right foot But it just seems to have went all wrong all At the wrong time um, Morelos is injured um, Kemar Roof, although he is a good striker He just does not, not sit the system Giovanni wants to play uh, It's been a litany of problems uh, The failure to identify another striker And just relying on Morelos The transfer the transfers have been lacklustre, to say the least. Uh, you get Aaron Ramsey, arguably one of the top players in the in the world, and you don't play him. Um, you get Abdallah, again, worth many millions, you don't play him. There, there seems to be a, a major problem the last couple of seasons with recruitment, and it's come home to rest. The Morelos absence, Andy, is a great topic because it, it's not just about 90 minutes yesterday mm-hmm. It is about As David says Who's replacing him Why have Rangers Not got someone Who can step into his shoes He's been there for five years You look at the other side Of the city Their star striker's out injured But yeah. it's not Being as as damaging What what did you make of Kamar Roof yesterday And the way that the team Operates without Morelos It just doesn't For the same I think that's there For everyone to see And uh, you know Again it goes to that Recruitment Kamar Roof was brought Into the side Because they thought Alfredo Morelos was actually leaving the club So he was brought in to actually replace him And I think you can see he's, uh, Over the last sort of 18 months What he's been has been a great impact sub for Rangers He's came on, scored some crucial goals But certainly doesn't give you the same output that Alfredo Morelos does And Giovanni Van Broekhoff's got a job in his hands Because from now to the end of the season Rangers have still got some massive games Starting on Thursday night against Braga uh, They've obviously got the Scottish Cup semi-final Coming up against Celtic in a couple of weeks And you've got to say it could be a real worry Without Alfredo Morelos Because you know, we're talking about yesterday and in, in, in the semi-final But Alfredo Morelos in Europe has is, is, is been by far and away Rangers standout player in the last couple of seasons not just domestically so without him how does that affect the rest of the season we'll soon see and how does that feed into the bigger picture of you know recruitment and competition for him or replacements for him when he's not there 
it's very difficult to answer because it's almost as if every window you're always speculating is this the, the window that Alfredo Morelos is going to leave I think we're going to do the, uh, the same again this summer what I will say if he's still at the club next year I don't think there's any doubt Rangers still need to uh, sign someone in that position because not only yesterday's example but you know in previous you, always, you look at games that Rangers are, are, are crying out for a goal Alfredo Morelos never gets taken off for another striker they always sort of put somebody up next to him because they realise that he's too important to the team you can't bring him off and you alluded to Celtic on the other side of the other side of the city you spoke about the start of the season when Kyogo was missing you think how are Celtic going to compete without him they're not the same player but they've got a player in Yakimakis that stepped up to the plate and, and Rangers and Cedric Eaton and, and Kamal Roof haven't done that whenever they've been called, uh, called upon and to be fair Hugh that must show something because Yakimakis is not the same as Kyogo either no. it's not like he offers the exact same thing but, but Celtic have managed to make it work and this is nothing new we keep we've been hearing we've having this conversation for a long time about who replaces Morelos or what the plan is around that striking department They might have to get used to the idea of replacing Morelos Because what he has done in Europe uh, Becoming the club's leading goal scorer in Europe That gets you noticed on a wider scale People will say I should play in Scotland But when he starts to do it regularly And well At European level That heightens the prospect of him leaving the club It has to happen sometime And this summer could be that time Celtic Lost Kyogo They've played 15 matches I think I'm correct in saying Without Kyogo And haven't lost any of them Yeah David you said you're you're hurting It hurts you're still hurting today What's the main Sort of root cause of that Is it, is it because of where You were last season And you didn't see this coming Or is it something else um, I actually have, and back in my mind, I'm actually questioning now whether Rangers can actually go on and win a, win a title. I just wanted to ask the panel as well: Do you think Giovanni could survive that, not winning another, not winning another cup? Well, what, what do you think first, David? I like you and Andy, but your your opinion's more important. It's, he's got his really far in Europe. He's got his significant scalps in Europe, but at the end of the day. When you're at a club like Rangers or Celtic, it's about silverware in the cabinet. If he doesn't deliver at least one this year, I think he needs to go. Uh, I do like Giovanni. I can see what he's trying to do. He's only had maybe half a window, so I'd like to see him do get his own players in. It's just, I don't feel like there's anywhere to go from here. David, if Giovanni Van Bronckhorst failed to win anything domestically And Celtic won the treble Whether or not Celtic won the treble or not Celtic won the league They've already got the league cup Whether or not they win the Scottish Cup or not If Giovanni Van Bronckhurst Won the Europa League What would you say about him then? I think you're, I'm always sort of a pragmatic kind of guy You've got to take every success and every failure Into hand in hand we, You've got to remember We started six points ahead When Giovanni came in his, his league form has been quite bad But the European success has helped cover that Without the European success I think Gio might be in a lot of hot water right now Are we not, are we not still a bit away from that though Hugh? I mean I, I get why you ask it But as good as Rangers have been At this moment, moment in time Is it not still more likely That they don't win the Europa League than they do? Uh, it's I don't think they will win the Europa League Well that, that's it then Because that's what David's point is David's David's question about if he doesn't win the league and he doesn't win the cup, should he go? 
That's built on an assumption from David That they won't actually go on and win the Europa right. League Because that's going to be tough isn't it well, Really tough to go and do that If there is one impression that I have gathered Since 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon Having had uh, two hours worth of calls after the game yesterday And we're nearly into the third hour of phone calls uh, The Rangers fans are upset by The way that the league has started to fritter away And we're not getting round this 12-point swing He's a six-point lead When he started in the job He's got a six-point deficit Is he under serious pressure, Andy? Or is this just a a sort of quick emotional reaction To the last couple of of results? I think he's under pressure But I don't think he's under serious pressure on his job I certainly think he'll be given The the transfer window Then the start of next season But what I don't see a lot talked about Which I think is really important You know People uh, speak about Ange Postecoglou and the signing he's made in the recruitment, which is which is which is all true. They obviously need an overhaul. But your Tony Ralstons, your Callum McGregor's, your Greg Taylors, your Tom Rogers, your Beaton, they were part of that side last year. Postecoglou's came in and made them better. So Giovanni Van Broekhorst has to make the players that are already at Rangers better. Because let's not forget, they went unbeaten last year. These players went unbeaten last year. They were quality players. So he still has quality players at his disposal. But he has to make them better. And then in the summer recruit the players that he wants in. And then be given the chance from there So to answer your question I don't think he's in serious pressure Regarding his, his job security But no, the, the, the like I said at the start of the show I do think he's, he's coming under pressure uh, The jury's still out Thanks David Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football There's always time for Beat the Pundit It's been a long, long, long stretch since the listeners won So get the finger out, come on Let's put these pundits in their place 0141 951 1025 And Beat the Pundit is next Calls have to be in before 7 Tackle the headlines 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Andy Halliday and Hugh Keevans are here Reflecting on yesterday's game at Ibrox The performances, the result, the points The the league title, where it's going right for Celtic Wrong for Rangers Bottles being thrown It really was uh, quite the afternoon for talking points So keep your thoughts coming in please And if you'd rather talk about one of the other Discussion points from the weekend Please feel free I've got to play that David Martindale interview Before oh, the yeah. end of the show Don't we? Superb About the seagulls And Brilliant. his stuttering impression Of Kevin Clancy and so on That will be played Before the end of the show I'm absolutely certain of it Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football Let's do beat the pundit first though The pundits are on a great winning run Hopefully Nairn From the Orkney Islands Is going to End that run Nairn How's it going? I'm very well thanks How are you? What's your team Nairn? St Mirren Oh dear Try to cheer yourself up After a rough weekend Absolutely yeah Pretty much right Let's get straight to it then If it's heads It will be Hugh Keevans You face And if it's tails It will be Andy Halliday And it's heads It's Keevans Against Nairn from Orkney Right Let's You disappoint You're the only pun That I know, I know that I enjoys know. Enjoys playing I must admit um, I mean did you see that The disgraceful behaviour From Marvin Bartley last week I heard that all He videos the coin toss To make sure it's Legit Then he posts it on his Instagram And ah oh, he's just a, what, a, what a moaner Anyway Passing move Marv Passing move Let's give Hugh some Clyde 2 To listen to So that he doesn't know What's going on He doesn't know what's going on Most of the time anyway Nairn 30 seconds Just answer as many as you can And if you don't know Pass quickly And we'll move on Alright Perfect Nice one 30 seconds Starting now Name the last side To beat Celtic in the league 
Which Scottish Premiership side have won the fewest league matches with five? Dundee. Which current Hearts player is also the club's record transfer sale from 2007? Pass. Name either current Scottish Premiership side that Jim Duffy has managed. Pass. Name any of the four Scottish Premiership sides who've received the most yellow cards this season. Simon. Who was the only Rangers player booked yesterday? Batty. Tough questions tonight Producer Callum's been up to Over the weekend uh, Hugh Keevans Can you hear us? I can Same set of questions Are you ready? Okay Let's go <sighs> Name the last side To beat Celtic in the league Pass Which Scottish Premiership side Have won the fewest League matches with five? Uh, St Johnson Which current Hearts player Is also the club's Record transfer sale From 2007? Shooter. Name either current Scottish Premiership side that Jim Duffy has managed uh, Hibs Name any of the four Scottish Premiership sides who've received the most yellows this season um, Rangers Okay, what's the verdict, Nairn? I don't know tight. So yeah. This guy here, he's been, air, he's been air races at the weekend One of the biggest weekends of the season Takes off, off on his holidays, away to the races Doesn't even appear on Sunday And then produces difficult questions like that well, anyway, we're getting short of him yeah. for a week. So, is he off? Is he off for a week? Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought they were tough, but let's go through them and find out. I thought you would have got this one, especially you, Hugh. Name the last side to beat Celtic in the league, Andy. Livingston. Livingston. Oh. It was nineteenth of September, one 0 Livy. Which Scottish Premiership side have won the fewest league matches with five? It was one of two, and you've gone for the wrong one, Hugh. Nairn got it. Dundee oh. and goes into a one nil lead. Also. What age do you think John Souter would have been in 2007? <laughs> I know, I d- Primary you know four <laughs> It's Craig Gordon 9 million to Sunderland is, Remember it. it Oh my goodness 1-0 at this point in time It's not a classic But I'm, you still I'm sinking Andy I'm sinking Oh no not yet You equalised Because Jim Duffy has managed Dundee And Hibs So yeah. either one of those would do That was an equaliser Name any of the four Scottish Premiership sides With the most yellows this season I mean you had you could have gone for a third of the league And none of you got it You had the choice of Livy, Ross County, Dundee or St Johnston <sighs> Oh my god Right and uh, that was the end of your road to you One each at this point Nairn got one more question in Who was the only Rangers player booked yesterday? John Lundstrom It was John Lundstrom Nairn It's a one-all hey. It's a devastating start to the week But we are going to the tiebreaker Producer Callum Look at that question You're going to have to read between the lines here You need to take action in this Studio Before I read that question out. Do you like that? Just send him a wee signal Because it's related yeah. to the league table So he's gone and taken it off the oh. wall There we go Are you ready? As if I can see it from here Oh do you know what I'm going to have to I've now given it away Nair might be googling the league table So I'll do my backup question Anyway here we go I'm going to ask the question Nairn I'll get Hugh to write his answer down And then you give me your attempt The question oh. is this How many times Have Celtic players scored a competitive hat-trick since 2000 wow. So not how many players How many times Have Celtic players Scored a competitive hat-trick Since 2000 How you're meant to know that I've got no idea Hold up your paper Hugh Okay Nairn no. I'm going to say 22 No No Nairn <laughs> Nairn's gone 22 Hugh's gone 39 You're both absolutely Miles, miles off, off But it means that Hugh's got it It's 68 Well done Shug <laughs> There he goes He's delighted with himself Hard lines Nairn uh, perfect, thanks for having me on Good man, Nairn from Orkney Islands 
That was grim oh, come All on. round A one-all draw And then a hopeless tiebreaker But you know They all count Poor Nern His team's only won One of the last eight <laughs> games and, and now he's lost The tiebreak to me You've got one in the win column Hugh <laughs> that, that's, that, that's three wins in a row For me incidentally That wasn't a classic was oh, it? it was ugly But tough questions I thought I'm telling you I don't know what got into this guy Pep, Pep Guardiola Was quoted today saying What's ugly What's winning ugly <laughs> Was he? Yeah, he was quoted. He was also that, he was, was also wearing a Stone Island jumper at his press conference, and I I think then we should maybe get Hugh one. Yeah, I think he'd look good now. Just be stony because he's on TV in front of me just now, and I wonder if we can you arrange can that. It, you could take it to the next bank. He's away day. <laughs> <laughs> I like the thought of that. Oh one four one nine five one. Uh, one oh two five. There are actually rumours uh, talking about producer Callum's weekend that he was he was going around at air races telling people I'm producer Callum. Oh, from, do you from know who I am? scoreboard? Ah. Is that right? He Callum. was dropping his own name. It's incredible. Oh, there you go. Do you want to know it's even more disturbing? I said rumours. It was him that told me. He's sort of owning <laughs> up to. It. I don't know what that says about his. Um, well, let's see if, if there's Mood any listeners out there that spoke to producer Callum at our races uh, Yeah, he was going about, I think he had a badge on as well But anyway, thank you again to Nairn Let's bring in James on the line and see what he's got for us James, what are you feeling after yesterday? Oh, very happy young man Good, a good one, but I'm concerned about the back five Concerned? I thought the, I thought everyone was praising Celtic's defence yesterday I'll tell you, My point is, this season we've played in the Champions League, Europa Cup League and the Europa Conference mm. and Anthony Ralston, Taylor, Starfield in particular, Carol uh, Vickers, you know, Vickers, Carol Dickers and Joe Hart have cost us heavily in Europe. My concern is, boys, is should we win the league and it's no foregone conclusion and make it into the Champions League? We are going to come up against the cream of the crop. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Defensive Madrid, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, to name a couple of sides. The back five has to change. Now, should we qualify? We'll get £45 million. £25 million for season tickets. Gives us £70 million in money. Wow. Do you think the board will let Ange buy what we call on the show blue chip players? I think we need to get four blue chip central defenders and TKs a chance of getting in in the last 16 because the boys have been good but in Europe they've been proved to be found wanting they're good enough for the Premiership and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way to any of the players but Starfelt has caused his two penalties and an OG Joe Hart's gave the ball away conceded a goal Taylor gave a ball out conceded a goal James just to recap at the start of the call you told me you were happy is this you happy? <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy. No, I'm happy with the boys yesterday. But what I'm saying is, when we get to the cream of the crop, the top of the, we want into Champions League and we want to put on a show and no getting embarrassed. But if it's some thumpings this year, the players I mentioned in the Europa League conference and the Europa League, some of the defending has been absolutely shambolic. To be fair. Hugh, it's important to, to cover all ends of the spectrum. Ange Postecoglou says they're just three points closer to the title, but yeah. James needs a new defence for facing Real Madrid next season. To be fair. There's validity in what James says Because Celtic have ceased to be of any significance in Europe You know, Rangers uh, collapsing at home But they are five games away from potentially winning a European trophy Now, Celtic have gone out of three European competitions As James mm. said The timing it, of this conversation does I, just I, seem I, a I bit do, strange, yeah, doesn't it? of course, but... The, the man's entitled to look ahead he's, he's looking ahead to Celtic being the title winners And what happens in Europe 
In answer to James's point, will the board give Ange what he wants? If Ange Postecoglou wins the league title, he's bigger than the board. And the board will have to look out for him because the supporters will be looking on. Uh, Starfelt and Carter Vickers yesterday were terrific. But again, James is correct that there have been plenty of times when Starfelt uh, hasn't been so great. And it also has to be pointed mm. out that Carter Vickers isn't yet a Celtic player. He still belongs to Tottenham and Celtic have to sort that matter out. Uh, but it's not the call I was expecting the day after Celtic beating Rangers. However, there is a validity to it because Celtic should be thinking about their reputation in Europe because in recent times in Europe, they've let themselves down. How much money do you need to spend to make sure that Real Madrid and PSG and Liverpool don't embarrass you, the Andy? Oh. Christopher Julian's a Celtic defender who doesn't get a game that costs seven million. Starfelt, what, you know, four or five. James mentioned the, the, 70 million They might get Van Dyke back It's that's a good some point. budget Yeah he's probably Past his best now um, I'll try and uh, you know, For me personally I'll try and answer you know, James's point As well rounded as I can um, Hugh mentioned That Carter Vickers And Starfelt Were, were terrific yesterday I, I disagree I, I, I don't think Carl Starfelt was, was terrific yesterday I thought In the first half I thought he gave Rangers Multiple chances uh, Four or five times Was caught in possession And uh, I think he committed pff, I don't know what the exact number was, but it seems as if he committed multiple fouls in the first half. I thought he defended his box very, very well in the second half. Uh, Carter Vickers, for me, throughout the 90 minutes was was, was very, very good. So, um, But to answer sort of James's point, I feel as if Celtic, as a unit, defensively, as the season went on, have been excellent. I think for the first sort of two or three months of the season, you could see they were defensively a little bit shaky, set pieces were causing them an issue, but since then, 11 wins in 12 games was all down to the X amount of clean sheets they've kept. So I think... When you look at that as a whole, Celtic's European campaign was the first six months of the season. Celtic weren't the team they are now when they were playing domestic football at the same time as a European campaign. So I do feel as as a whole, as a unit, defensively Celtic are improving. Uh, but don't get me wrong, I do feel as if it's a it's an area that Ange Postecoglou could could still improve in the summer. Thanks, James. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five on the phones. We are on Twitter as well, of course, at Clyde SSB. Um, let's hear a bit more from some of the managers Giovanni Van Bronckhorst He says the title race isn't over However he accepts it does make the challenge much more difficult Losing today against Celtic made it more difficult for us That's obvious uh, It's not over yet But uh, of course the loss we uh, we had today uh, Makes it more uh, difficult to, to be championed I mean that's... Uh, you know, if you play against your uh, direct uh, opponent uh, for the for the race and you lose, you always make it more difficult. Well, we have to keep going. I mean, it's um, you know, obviously the emotion involved in football are, are 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 highs and lows. Any football player will 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 feel that. So today is the you know the emotion is very disappointed uh, with the result. But then again, uh, we have to keep going because there's still a lot to play for. And, uh, you know, take this loss, uh, disappointed, uh, recover, and, and, and Thursday we have to be there again against Braga. So it's going to be a big game uh, again. And um, we have to prepare well also for that game. Yeah, a big end to the season for him, Hugh, isn't it? Oh. If the calls and tweets are anything to go by on here. People at the moment are not thinking about the Europa League. And if they do think about it, they're thinking, well, they've done well. Red Star, Belgrade, Borussia Dortmund, 10 goals scored against them over four games. Uh, however, they're thinking domestically and they're thinking 
Rangers started the season as champions against a, a Celtic side who were a shambles, lost three of their first six league games, and now they're, they're six games away from winning the league. Uh, so I think that's piling pressure on Giovanni Van Bronckhurst uh, because at the back of their minds, the Rangers fans don't think they'll win the Europa League and they're not happy that they're not going to win the domestic league. Does the Scottish Cup become even more important, Andy? Or will that will that do anything to satisfy the angry Rangers fans? I, listen, I, st- I still think the the overwhelming feeling will be disappointing at how the the league campaigns uh, went on. But listen, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, like I said earlier, he's, he has to galvanise uh, his team because they do ha- still have a lot to play for. This Scottish Cup semi final was massive, and uh, obviously they've got the, the the European campaign to finish off. But what I will say is they'll have to. Drastically improved their performances over the last two old forum games to, to go through in the Scottish Cup semi final. Uh, let's bring in John, who's a Rangers fan. John, like the dust has settled slightly after yesterday, maybe the initial emotions starting to fade. How do you sum up your feelings after yesterday? Hi, good evening, guys. Thanks for having us on. Um, just a bit deflated, I suppose. Um, it was pretty poor. Uh, you have to get home, crowd on your back. Uh, Fair play to Celtic, they came to Ibrox and uh, they got the result. They probably do deserve to win the league now. The league is over because there's six points plus the goal difference is massive. So my other point was I think we need to back the manager for next season, see who he brings in, see what money's available and look at the whole restructure, as the caller said earlier on, uh, who's doing the recruitment here at Ibrox, who's sourcing players because Celtic seem to be quite good for probably the last decade on buying, being shrewd and selling and making huge amounts of money. So there's a lot going on at iBooks, to be honest with you, but I think we've got to stick by the manager and see what he can do, strengthen the defence, strengthen players and and, and, and march on and see where we are. We, we know who's recruiting players at, at yeah. Rangers, Hugh. Obviously, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst has a part to play in that. Ross Wilson in his role plays a key role in it. And these things do change very quickly because this phone line was full of people praising Ross Wilson uh-huh. for the recruitment of Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. Yeah. And it was full of people praising him for the fee that they got for Nathan Patterson. And on deadline day, Aaron Ramsey and Ahmad Diallo were seen as incredible pieces of business. What's happened thereafter has, has it caused a lot of people to perhaps change their mind or reflect slightly differently. You can only reflect... On the basis of what has taken place on the park And since the end of the winter break Rangers have let themselves down And let their supporters down I repeat If you bring in Aaron Ramsey and Diallo From Juve and Manchester United respectively And don't win the league They've been a waste of time And a waste of money So the recruitment has failed Rangers Unless Celtic suffer an unbelievable collapse And Rangers Pipped them at the post but Any chance of that for you? I mean I know you, you said You think it's over Just football's just full of Ridiculous yeah. Turnarounds And, and drama you know, Shocks happen on Isolated games yep. and, and maybe over a longer period Yep Nothing at all I, I witnessed Helicopter Sunday And all the rest of it But in Ange Postacoglu You have a man Who Will get these players Right again They're playing St Johnston The second bottom club on Saturday at Celtic Park Celtic will get a hero's welcome From the supporters Because of the win over Rangers But Ange Postacoglu will be saying This game 
is as important as the Rangers game. You cannot allow what you have done to be destroyed by dropping points at home to the second bottom team in the league. And I think it's Ange Postacoglu's mindset that has... I think if he wins the league, at the end of the season, you'll reflect on the job that he has done and reflect on it in a more meaningful way. And you'll realise that this guy has performed wonders. To take over what he took over, to lose three of his first six and to win the league would be astonishing. Let me make John's points, Andy, and what Rangers do going forward. <clears throat> yeah, listen, I, I agree. You do have to stick by the manager. He's still got over two years left in his contract. Uh, we spoke about Ange Postecoglou having a massive transfer window last year. I think it's going to be the same for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst this summer. You know, Rangers have spoke about this player model over the last two or three, uh, two or three seasons, and that was sixty million pound for Nathan Patterson. Nothing's obviously been reinvested yet into the playing squad. I do feel, feel as if we'll see more outgoings in the summer. Whether who that is, we're not sure. It could be you know Joe Aribo, Glenn Kamara, to name a couple. We've always been linked with, with moves in the past. Alfredo Morelos, another one. But whoever does go and whatever money they bring in, you know a large chunk of that certainly has to be reinvested back into the playing squad. Good point, John. Thank you for taking the time. We will take more of your calls next. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Andy Halliday are here. It's 0141-951-1025. There were other games this weekend, by the way, in oh. case you hadn't noticed, Hugh Evans. Who was playing? Uh, a few other teams. I'm going to try and whiz round as many talking points as we can. We really should have extended this show, but it's your bedtime is... True Fast approaching uh, Let me quick I've given you a nice Easy teaser tonight as well So that you don't spend Too long on it um, Mikey Burns says Exclude, Excluding this season Since the Premiership Began in the 13-14 campaign Eight managers Have won at least Three Manager of the month awards So in the Premiership era 13-14 season onwards Eight managers Have won at least Three manager of the month awards It doesn't include this season Brendan Rogers. Yep six And eight Neil Lennon Eight Well done One more guess you Stephen Gerrard Yeah he got seven as well I think you're going to Absolutely squish this Three down And five to go uh, Sometimes I ask questions That I know the answer to What manager do you want to hear from From this weekend's David action David Martindale <laughs> I knew it I just knew it Good let's play it It's worth replaying again He says Even the seagulls At McDermott Park Could see Livy Were denied a Stonewall penalty he also thinks the pen penalty they conceded shouldn't have been given. The first penalty, the Murray Davison's offside to the free kick that comes in the box. Murray gets the first contact on the header. Header goes up, Silto doesn't clear it properly. I think it's harsh on Fitzy. I think he's just protecting, shielding the ball so it comes down. I don't think he's well at he's just got his arms up. I think Henry goes in and makes the most of it. But they're offside. It's offside for Murray Davison with the first contact. And the line was looking straight across the line, so there's the first problem. Second problem is, I think everybody in the stadium, including the Seagulls, knew it was a penalty. How we're not given a penalty for that, I will never know. I spoke to St Johnson players, I spoke to Xander, they're all, they're all, how do you not get a penalty for that? I spoke to St Johnson management team, how do you not get a penalty for that? He's closer to play and we don't get a penalty. The significance of that decision could be massive for this football club. It's... it's do you, get human. A, do you get an explanation for Kevin Clancy? I don't even talk to him. Kevin Clancy. No. What's he said? I went up to him and said, Kevin, how do you get that wrong? Uh, you don't get anything back. 
I spoke to Stephen McLean at the side. Stephen's a very, very good official. He's a top official. He managed to calm me down. But come on, use every one of yous. That's a stonewall penalty. I think it sounds like the Seagulls are actually yeah, agreeing yeah. with him in the background there. So he's he's a wise man. I would hope that nothing comes of it. I mean, I mean we, we cannot abolish free speech. He's a, a man at the end of his tether At mm. the end of a match Which has been costly To be fair There are always surprises But I don't think he's implied Bias really Or any, no. He's just had a bit he, of an old fashioned pop He's implied incompetency uh, But uh, You know as I say Surely we can let men Speak their mind And it was important The award of a penalty Is not the award of a goal of course I mean, Xander Clark might have saved the penalty had it been awarded, and it should have been awarded. But had they scored, had it finished one all, uh, that point at the end of the day could be so vital for Livingston, and it would cost them money by not getting it. Can you imagine a decision of that nature happened at Ibrox yesterday? <sighs> well, I, I, but if you I'm, think this show's been busy, yeah, I don't bear thinking I mean, it's one about of, it's what one the cost of the worst. It's one of the worst you'll see, isn't it? Yeah. It's the worst. It's the worst I've seen this season. I mean, I would love to actually hear for the Seagulls to to, <laughs> to, to hear for them if they did think it was a penalty because I mean it was as, as clear cut as you're going to get. And no, I was I was trying to look at it back and I was thinking is Kevin Clancy's lane of sight impaired? But no, nope, he just doesn't see it, which is I mean it's mm. remarkable. Because you're always telling me you think he's the best ref in the country as well. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> uh, let's hear from. The managers were full of good stuff at the weekend I know of course Ibrox was going to overshadow things uh, Yesterday but A lot of interesting stuff from Stephen Robinson as well St Mirren are now on a really tough run And uh, he didn't pull any punches about his own team At full time when they lost 4-2 At his former uh, home ground Fir Park We got what we deserved You defend like that It's woeful, woeful defending um, You know certainly if you you don't defend properly, you're going to lose games. You lose four four goals. You know we've got the third worst defensive record in the league, so that's not surprising. I have to be honest with you, watching that today, we have to be much better than that. I believe we're in a relegation scrap. I believed it maybe a few weeks ago, without coming out and saying it. But I've, I believe we are. You know, I genuinely believe we need we need results, which is stating the obvious very quickly. We've got players that are good enough in there, but um, unfortunately, players' heads are turned. Players are maybe elsewhere already. Um, and it's up to me to try and find a way to get results to make sure we. We're set for next season um, And then I can put my own stamp on it And bring players in That I, I need to, to upgrade the squad There's players that have minds already Perhaps out of the club It's up to me to make sure I get a team that's 100% committed To make sure we stay in this division Not holding back Gordon is a St Mirren fan in Paisley What do you make of those comments Gordon? Well I think that Hi guys I think that um, <sighs> I think that He needs to really think what he's saying Because I think it's honest what he's saying. And by the way, I'm I'm personally so uh, fully backing Stephen Robinson. He's not that long in the job, and I want him to do the best for St. Martin. He has to get his players in. But there's a couple of things I'm a bit confused about. He said a couple of weeks ago he, he thought we're in a relegation scrap, and yet we had one of the we had one of the five teams or four teams that could maybe go top six. So if he's thinking that. But we could still have went top six a couple of weeks ago. I don't know why he was thinking that a couple of weeks ago. He should be thinking maybe we could get a top six. That's the first thing. The second thing is I just like the panel's view about him coming out in media and saying about how they were pathetic and also saying that uh, there's players that uh, their heads have been turned and they want to leave. And whenever the press was asking 
how many players want to leave. He said plenty, but I, I'll, I'll protect them. But he's not protecting them when he's telling them they're pathetic in the, in the park. And these are players that have to go out and try and win games to save us getting relegated. I've stood there for many years taking notes and when managers speak in that way, you think, great. I can see the headline now. Uh, so from a journalistic perspective, all the guys who were standing in front of Stephen Robinson at the weekend were thinking, terrific. <laughs> However, I fully understand what you are saying that uh, it's not really the motivation speech that I would have recommended before your next game which is at home to Rangers Uh, however he's being practical he's won one of eight games and that is relegation form and St Johnston are now not that far away St Johnston ought to get nothing at Celtic Park at the weekend but you never know uh, so, let's say from a journalistic point of view, lovely. Keep on, all of you, speaking like that. However, from a St Mirren supporter's point of view, what are you on about? How would a, you as a player respond to that, Andy? Um, do those comments have impacts in, in dressing rooms? Yeah, I don't think it really sits right with me, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I think a manager's got every right to dig out his players, but I think some things are, are left in between the four walls. You're changing them after a game and, you know, calling your players pathetic, seeing a number of their heads have turned. Well, if I'm a player, I want to know names. Uh, tell me, do you think it's me? Uh, I think some of his, his comments seemed a little bit overboard because at the end of the day, he says that uh, he felt as if a couple of weeks ago they were in a relegation battle. Three weeks ago, they were 12 points ahead of St. Johnson. So, I mean, that. They've still got one game, like Gordon says, to, to try and get top six. And with comments like that, it seems as if it's a sort of already a defeatist attitude looking into next week. Is he, are you still looking up Gordon or is there a fear that what looked impossible a couple of weeks ago could happen and, and St. Johnson catch someone and that someone might be your team? Well, the thing about it is, guys, I, I speak to quite a lot of St. Man fans and we're, we're not happy with his comments, but I personally think we, we've got to get to the end of the season. We've got to try and keep in this league and, he's, and we want him to get his team together. And hopefully, who knows, he might do really well the way he's done with Motherwell. But we are concerned the way, if he's going to come out and say things like that, and then we probably weren't going to get, maybe not get much for Rangers anyway at the weekend. But once we go, if we go to the bottom, the bottom half of the table, we're going to have to try and get results there. And he's got to motivate the guys. And yep. they just know the right way to do it. And it's interesting. A big result for Motherwell on the flip side, Hugh. Yeah. Uh, first one of 2022 And we're all getting ready To write the obituary uh, You know, five points from 33 uh, If it becomes five from 36 Where for the manager uh, But they played very well They went to goal down Held the nerve Got back uh, Now, on the one hand Stephen Robinson says it's pathetic defending On the other hand I've given Connor Shields my goal of the weekend because I thought it was mm. well taken. Uh, so it was a a story of two clubs in one ground at the weekend. But again, you know, with St Mirren, if your manager's saying you're in a relegation scrap, then the fight back has to begin on Sunday against Rangers. You can't just dismiss that game and say, well, we'll get round to it mm. after the split. Uh, thank you, Gordon and Paisley, 0141951125. Have you got any more on this teaser excluding this season? Since the Premiership began, eight managers have at least three Manager of the Months. Neil Lennon, Stephen Gerrard, Brendan Rodgers. Robbie Nielsen? No, because it's not including this year. Tommy Wright? 
No, but it's the, um, yes. Tommy Ray Wright. Shout, he's got three. Jack okay. Ross. Jack Ross is incorrect. Okay, we'll leave it there. Let's bring in Ricky, who is on the line. What's your point tonight, Ricky? Uh, it was about the incident just of the, the ball uh, in the goal. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that ball must have been the flung on at half time. Now, surely Stewart should be, you know, looking at the crowd, especially if there's maybe an incident with somebody's maybe ill or something, so they can alert the Stewart that they need assistance. So Stewart should be seeing that. And if they didn't see it, why? If they not seen it, because probably they weren't looking at the crowd. And it's Joe Hart that's alerted the, the officials. Chris, do, do the officials not go over and check the nets before the second half starts? So the, 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 the officials should be, linesmen or whoever is going to wear, should be checking that. Would they have no noticed that? In that area You'd have to assume They didn't Ricky To be fair I mean There's not an official In the land That's going to see it And then think Oh that's fine I'll just leave that there So let's assume That they didn't see it Hugh And then Joe Hart did I think that's a fairly Safe assumption I'm also Is Ricky asking a lot Of the stewards Yeah I'm reluctant To blame The stewards Because How are they supposed To legislate For someone who Very quickly Hurls a bottle In the direction Of the goal Uh, The in that stand There will be 7,000 Yeah 8, Whatever uh, You know You can't sc- Ask a steward To scan 8,000 people uh, I go back to the, the club first of all Rangers Must have a thorough Investigation Of what took place And must review Their security mm. policy Yeah well be- th- This is where your CCTV has to Come into use yeah. I mean Ricky's talking about The stewards And should they have been able To identify <laughs> Whether this person was identified yesterday or tomorrow is, yeah. is maybe not really the important thing. You know, as long as the appropriate action is taken. Of course. Uh, so whether it's the stewards' eyes that, that spot it, because they, they can't stop it, they're going to dive on and save a glass bottle. Yeah. It's about what they do afterwards. So whether it's the stewards that spot it or it's the CCTV, as long as we get to the right outcome. As I say, this is a very grave business and it, it must be handled in a serious manner by the club and by the SFA and the SPFL. Now, uh, I, I know that Celtic recently invested in uh, an upgrade on their CCTV and they could more or less tell you who who's opened a bottle of Coca-Cola. Uh, <laughs> you know, so the Rangers, I don't know about their CCTV, but it must be gone into very thoroughly because, I say, if ever... There was something that cannot be allowed to turn into a trend It's bottle throwing um, So everyone concerned must take this very seriously But uh, the, I take your point of view that, that the match official has come out And has gone to the goal without noticing I have to assume that's the case And I'm reluctant to say A steward should have seen mm. From a crowd of seven or 8,000 people a bottle was about to be thrown I don't think that's fair uh, Let's hear Ange Postacoglu's take On those incidents That Ricky mentions Yeah I think he's okay Had a couple of stitches And um, again just Disappointing because You know this is a fixture that, that gets beamed around the world And it stands on its own You know For what it You know Two teams going at it uh, First and second spot um, You don't need a couple of idiots ruining it. Look I thought it was Like I said a proper derby The atmosphere was unbelievable Uh, Both teams were up for it Both teams were going at it 
you don't need it. You know, um, I don't know what people are trying to achieve by by, by doing that. Um, it was a, I thought it was a fantastic spectacle. Now I'm sitting here as the winning coach, so you know that kind of taints my view of it. But I just thought, yeah, you know, anyone watching that, although it was a good game of football, and and you can tell that there was you know something meaningful at the end of it with the way both sets of players went at it. Um, and like I said, the crowd was up to, for it. Their crowd was up for it. Our 700 were, didn't stop singing. So um, that's what you want, you know. Well, I looked at uh, Sky Television today, and of course they are now full of it. Uh, and it, it does tarnish the reputation. Uh, it is for Rangers to go into this matter very carefully. Uh, and the SFA, the SPFL must now put on the big boy trousers and get in about this and... Uh, uh, take the appropriate action uh, because that was a shocking reminder for me of times gone by 40 years ago, 50, 60 years ago we were dealing with this this is 2022 you cannot allow that kind of primitive behaviour to catch on Yeah, I mean I've got to echo that we, we, we speak about trying to no showcase our biggest game uh, of the calendar year abroad and 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 in the UK. And you look at Sky Sports News today, and the only pictures you're seeing are the glass bottles inside the six-yard box, and it's in danger and safety of the players. Don't worry uh, you as a as a player in terms of the even even if it is one or two or three people, you know it doesn't have yeah. it doesn't really have to be a lot. Even if it is that that there is anyone out there that thinks that's appropriate I mean that's your, that's your place of work ultimately yeah exactly and it sh- I mean it shouldn't worry you because you should never expect something like that to still happen on the football uh, football pitch and we've seen a few instances we obviously remember the, the Aberdeen Dundee United incident at Tannadice at the start of the season too many scenarios that, uh, for me have happened uh, uh, cases like this over the last couple of years and hopefully the authorities and the you know, the CCTV people at Rangers do their job mm. and, and uh, the culprits are reprimanded. Thank you, Ricky. 01419511025. More calls and the rest of these answers to the teaser next. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Andy Halliday are here. It's 01419511025 in the closing stages of the show. Going to ruin your Monday. If you're a Scotland fan, looks like a potentially serious injury to Kieran Tierney. He's going to be missing for Arsenal, certainly. Um, is it tonight they're playing? Yeah, yeah. 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 Just and um, yeah, the, the Sun's certainly reporting that it's looking like it could be a long-term one. Of course, we've got a very, very important June uh, coming up. No offence, Arsenal fans, I'm sure you're disappointed as well. Um, but yeah, so some concerning news about Kieran Tierney. And by the way, this just shows you how busy... The show was with regards to yesterday's game. It's been announced today that Scottish clubs will vote for VAR or against VAR in two weeks' time. And we've not even got round to discussing it. So save up all your thoughts and share them with us tomorrow night. We've already got a topic for tomorrow night. It would be very interesting to see what you make of that one. But you can still get your calls in before the end of the show. Um... And before we even go any further, let me run something by you because this has been an, an important byproduct of the weekend here. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Go!
Golden Goals It was a huge day yesterday for Golden Goals This game is easy, remember We started with £1,000 cash We said that every time Celtic and Rangers score We put more cash in the jackpot And with three goals yesterday at 500 quid a pop We're now sitting at a very tidy £22,200 and 50. But that's just going to keep going up and up. Remember that Stone Island jumper jacket we were going to get, Hugh? You could do that at the, 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 the jackpot if you win it. Someone's sent me some photoshopped imagery, which is great stuff. Rangers are in action on Thursday. They both play again at the weekend. So that cash jackpot is going to grow significantly. So imagine being the feeling of opening up your banking app and there's an extra, whatever it might be, come the end of the season. 22,000. Oh, never mind. Your bank account. 22,250. Someone has to win it at the end of the season. So don't hang about. Text GOAL to 61025. G O A L to 61025. It's £2 to text plus your standard message rate over 18s only. And the full terms and online entry are at Clyde1.com. Lines close 6pm Saturday the 21st of May, which is Scottish Cup final day. So for your chance to be the winner, that's goal. Text goal to 61025 right now. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Golden Goals. And without further ado, let's go back to the phones and bring in George, who's a Rangers fan from Guruk. Uh, what's your point tonight, George? Uh, good evening, panel. Hope you're all well. Just a couple of points to the panel. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is, what do you think the outcome of the game would have been in, if Scotland had VAR? And is winning the Scottish Cup in the Europa League regarded as a bad season for Rangers? So what would, what would the score have been yesterday if we had VAR? Yep. Ooh, good question, Hugh. Do you want to take well, a stab I, I, at that? I imagine George is talking about, for example, uh, the Rangers player who was having his jersey tugged by... Cameron Carter Vickers. I'd imagine he's talking about the handball incident involving Carter Vickers. Uh, you could also throw in Daisen Maeda uh, going down uh, with uh, Alan McGregor. Um, I think possibly the penalty might have been given to Celtic. I think VAR might have uh, gone for the jersey tug as well. So therefore, it would have been 3 2 Celtic. How do you know they score the penalties? I do take your point I said <laughs> I, I have said earlier on tonight at The award of a penalty Is not the award of a goal However Juranovic uh, I suspect would have stuck it away uh, Andy I, I think the easier uh, The easier way to frame this is Were those decisions correct or incorrect yeah. What the score I, would have been Had with VR yeah. is impossible Because like I said You can miss penalties I can only give my opinion I thought the Carter Vickers handball Was a handball But Dermot Gallagher Who's an expert on the, on these reasons Has is, is informed me that it's not uh, no, listen, You don't have to, you don't have to, to believe that Due to multiple that. reasons actually You don't, you you don't have to agree You just I said just that the hand I, was by yeah, the I, side I feel and as was... if I've seen penalties Been given for that all season personally But uh, to the law book It's not a penalty So Willie Cullum got it right uh, And the other two for me I don't think there were two of penalties. I think the the Connor Golson one, and listen, uh, you don't want to see players fling themselves to the ground for anything to be a penalty. But you know, you see these sort of shot pulls in the box all the time. It doesn't make it right, but certainly different mm. to the one we seen at the weekend, where you know the Watford players got his arms wrapped round Jota and dragged them uh, to the floor. Uh, and the Maeda one for me, sorry, nah, soft, not enough contact. Uh, contact, and I think he actually falls after the contact's even given. So I think he got the two right. So George, what's the what are you inferring here that it was the lack of VAR that cost Rangers yesterday? Yes. Sour grapes, I would say. Uh, Rangers cost Rangers. Uh, they had a goal of a start. Uh, and as Andy Haldy has said, you, you can't allow an equaliser within the first 10 minutes to unnerve you the way in which it unnerved Rangers. So 
Uh, as Giovanni Van Bronker said earlier on in the season When VAR or the lack of VAR uh, Had done Rangers out of a penalty We don't have VAR in this country yet So there's no argument But these are also subjective matters as well This is this will never reach the end of this conversation No Because people, what they do We present it as fact George, I assume, says If we had VAR there would have been a penalty in Conor Goldson. We mm. just we just don't know that no. because if you watch the leagues that do have VAR, ask yourself how many times you think the decision is going to go one way and it goes the other. So not only are we projecting a subjective issue and, and turning it into a fact, we're also taking the next step and assuming that these penalties are then <laughs> converted. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's just going round in circles. We've uh, been there uh, all day doing that. Yeah. Uh, April 19, the club's must vote for the introduction of VAR uh, Stop pleading poverty Get on with it And then we can stop having these arguments I do it's, think the result will be unanimous as well I do think the VAR it's inevitable It's worth it's going bearing to in mind that the lower league clubs get a vote as well though Yeah, I know um, They won't have it either will they? No, but they get a vote um, George, is there more to it? Is there anything that Rangers need to look after themselves? Or is it all about bad luck from the officials? Yeah, well, I mean, I think you could have played all day long and we're like, oh, wouldn't have given a penalty kick. But I, I'll agree with you tonight that Rangers weren't good enough yesterday. They kept giving the ball away, as did Celtic. But Rangers were worse than Celtic. And Celtic wanted it more. So, you know, I don't often say this. The, the better team won the game on the day. And you have to accept that. I'm just saying, when I watch, for example, uh, the football in England, you see some VAR results which are incredible but they do turn games you know and because it's so tight up here who knows well you know the the only way we can find out how well it works within Scottish football is to introduce it to Scottish football so on the 19th of April I'm also slightly taken aback by what you said Gordon about the lower league clubs even though they cannot install it <laughs> get a vote on it that to, that to me doesn't make sense That that's illogical that'll be in the Constitution somewhere I would imagine Yeah well just Whatever you know These types of issues That all the clubs get a vote That'll be The way it works Because Well ultimately You know They might get promoted Next season Or the season after You know That that, that would be you know, Part of the thinking surely I should be watching And an athletics vote Very carefully <laughs> You know me as well I'm, I'm Mr Anti-VAR But Slowly Slowly Going towards the other side I, I, Listen I don't enjoy it As a player If I'm a player On, uh, on the mm. pitch And Involving that I don't enjoy it I think it does take a lot Of the emotional aspect Out of the game But What was your favourite one From the weekend Leicester's goal That was ruled out Yeah But, but that's my point I, I do feel as if yeah. VR needs a lot uh, Altercations Shall we say Both things can still be true You can still believe That it's going to get The majority of them right So maybe yeah. I'm being unfair By cherry picking But this Confidence that people seem to have When they say Ah If we had VR That would have gone that way Or this game would have gone our way I admire the confidence Because I don't know where they find it yeah. When we when we look at some of the incidents That yeah. are going on You actually see Nine times out of ten When it's down to the referee's call It very rarely changes anyway When it goes to VAR So Hopefully Hopefully if it's installed And it's changed It works out for the best Thank you to George I think that will be the final call of the evening it's, I tell you what It's not often we Go what did, What's the modern speak Match day plus one uh, from an old firm game And it takes us right to the end of the show To have a real complaint about the ref And the way that it, um, it costs someone's team Hugh Maybe yeah. that tells you that It wasn't too drastic a day on that front Or that there are bigger, more important priorities How would you su- sum it up? I think the majority of the Rangers fans Knew 
that yesterday was unsatisfactory from their perspective. They also believe it's unsatisfactory that uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst started with a six-point lead and now has a six-point deficit. That That is of greater concern. Quick, three more, four more Derek managers. McInnes. Yes, who got the... Th- Derek McInnes. Yep, got right. him. Well done. Callum Davidson. Nope. Ronnie Dyler. Yes. Toilin. Okay. Steve Clark. Yes. Last one. I said Toilin, I had him written down. Still managing, but in the championship. Jim Duffy? He's not managing in the championship. Oh, um, John Hughes come on, come on, Yes John Well Hughes, done What well, a team you two are Thank you Andy Halliday And Hugh Keevans We are back tomorrow At 6 o'clock With Roger Hanna And Gordon DL It's going to be Another huge show Because the Aftermath from yesterday Will still be in full flow And we'll talk This VAR story As well Next up is Callum Gallagher He will look after you And we'll see you At 6 tomorrow